welcome to our weekly Bible study. I'm so glad to see all of you. I appreciate you joining us this evening. Today we're going to be studying the book of Job. The book of Job has 42 chapters in it. So within the next 30, 40 minutes, we have to cover all of those chapters. To appreciate this book very well, you need to also consider reading the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, and the book of Job. In the theological world, those three books are considered books of wisdom. I'll explain to you why it is so from a theological standpoint. The book of Proverbs shows that God is all-knowing. God is wisdom. Then the book, it also shows that the book, uh, God is not only all-wise, all-knowing, but God is just. But then you get to the book of Ecclesiastes. It shows that this life is like vapor. It, it comes and it comes. It's gone. Then we get to the book of Job. The book of Job shows that sometimes in, in life you don't get what you deserve. So we're going to see how all of that play out in the book of Job. Let's just get into that book right now. The first thing you need to know, my brothers, my sisters, it looked like there was some kind of meeting in heaven. God calls together all of his uh, people, and the Bible described them as sons of God. It's like being a courthouse and God is like the judge and he summon all the lawyers. Uh, that, I'm trying to help you and me to make sense out of it. And he was just sitting on the throne and talking to all these sons of God. And during the discussion, out of nowhere, God mentioned about a gentleman on planet Earth. Keep in mind the meeting that God is having is taking place, not on earth. And then he made reference to a gentleman on earth by the name Job. And basically, he was bragging about this man, how good the man is, how righteous the man is, just all the good stuff about Job. Then in the process, in that meeting, one of those sons of God, showed up. His name is Satan. He basically says, it's just like you're making a speech to all your audience and somebody raise his ugly hand and say, can I say something? He said, sure. What you got? And Satan said, sir, with all due respect, I know of the man you're talking about on earth. He's not all that good. The only reason why he's good is because you bless him. You give him all the goodies of life. Of course, what do you expect? He's going to be good. If you cut all that 
blessings up, I assure you, he'll be just like everybody is. He'll be a no good person. Now you see how the meeting in the heavenlies of all the sons of God with God presiding and how the devil, Satan, showed his ugly head there and object to what God is saying concerning a man on earth by the name Job. We need to talk more about this man called Job. But before I do that, I want to give you a snapshot of what this whole book is about. In the book of Job, you will learn the following subject. Number one, suffering. I can stop there and preach to you all night. Because there's a subject that some Christians find troubling is this idea of suffering. Some believe that a good God would not allow his own children to suffer. But as you're going to find out, that's not necessarily true. In fact, there are some things that I have to tell you, I deny my own children, not to punish them, but to grow them. Something good can come out of suffering. People that have been through some things tends to be wiser. They tend to be stronger. Maybe you're listening to me this evening and you've been through some difficult time. This book will bless you. Maybe you're going through something right now as we speak. It's not in your past. It's right now you're dealing with some issues. The book of Job will help you a lot. It has a lot to say about dealing with difficult times, dealing with suffering, dealing with challenges of life. Can I be brutally honest with you? I know you see me as a preacher, but if you can forget that just for a moment and see a real human being just like you, I can tell you with a straight face, the, the book of Job has helped me a lot. It has helped me in my struggles. It has helped me in my suffering. When I get to a state where I'm asking the question, Lord, why would you let this happen to me? What's really going on up in here? What have I done? Why am I in this situation? Why would you even allow the devil to do this to me? You can see from a personal experience, the book of Job is very deep. Not only does it talk about suffering, it also talks about the sovereignty of God. What do I mean by sovereignty of God? We're going to learn in this book about God being all-knowing, all-wise God, sovereign of God. What I meant by that is that he's, he's, he knows all. He's everything. We are nothing, really, when you look at the, 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 the trust of the matter because 
He was the one that created everything. He was the one who is in charge. He was the one who knows where he put everything. The sovereignty of God. Another thing that you're going to learn from the book of Job, you know, we have some things that we call general principles in life that we learn from the book of Proverbs. When we get to the book of Proverbs, I will re-echo those general principles, such as if you're obedient, God will reward you with blessing. That's what we teach all of our little kids. That's what we preach to church people. That is a general principle throughout the world of God. There's also the, the understanding, talking about general principle. There's the understanding that if you are disobedient, you'll get punishment. So it's generally believed that good people get rewarded, bad guys get punished. Obedience births blessings, disobedience births punishment. But what we discovered in the book of Job is that all those principles are true, but there are exceptions to the rule. That's very important. Take note of that. Why? Because you're going to find out in the book of Job that sometimes in life, you don't have to be disobedient before life throws you a curveball. So that raised the question, why do bad things happen to good people? You see, I told you the book is deep. <laughs> I will encourage you, invest the time to read the old book. My job today is to give you a good sense, overall picture of what that book is all about, what is the message, and then so when you study it on your own, you will have a good understanding. You say, okay, this is what Pastor Josh was talking about. This is this how this one fits in. When we talk about suffering, you will see it. When we talk about the sovereignty of God, you will see it. When we talk about general principle of right and wrong, uh, obedience and disobedience, you will see it. When we talk about exceptions to the rule, that you don't have to really do wrong sometimes before you get the short end of the stick. That's what happens in the book of Job. Another thing that you're going to find out in the book of Job, before I get deep into it, is what we call the character of God. Sometimes I will talk about it in my sermons when I preach to people, I will refer to it as the M.O. of Almighty God. You know, like, when you get to study people long enough, you're going to find out their modus operandi. You're going to find out what they're really about. So, the book of Job shows you some characters of God. We know that God is loving. That's one character of God. We also know that God saves. That's the character of God. We also know that God blesses his people. That's the character of God. But some other things you're going to learn in the book of Job that you may not know 
that you need to know is that God allows people to go through suffering. Hello, don't miss that. That's what happens to Job. That even though you're good, even though you're doing the right thing, God may still permit or allow for you or me to go through some, some challenges. Where that leads to another question, theological question. Many people will say, whoa, 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 time out, Rebecca, time out. Why would a good God allow his children to go through some bad times? I hope we can answer all those questions today. That's what this book is all about. Finally, you also will find out in the book of Job, not only does God allow suffering, God also delivers from suffering. So maybe you are going through something today. The good news is that God, part of his character is that he can deliver you whatever you're going through. Can I testify for a few minutes before I get so deep? I got all these technical people. They'll be timing me how long I can speak and all that stuff. But I love the Bible so much. I can talk about this all day. But I can testify personally that many times, not one time, not two times, not three times, many, many times God delivered me from suffering. Many times that I could have lost my own life or died and God will step in and bail me out. So one thing you can, hallelujah, I feel like shouting already. One thing you're going to learn from the book of Job is that not only does God allow suffering, but God deliver his people from suffering. All right, now, let's get into the details. The gentleman's name is Job, from, from chapter 1. The Bible said he lives on this planet Earth. They even told us what part of the planet Earth he lives in. He lives in, in, a, in a neighborhood called Horse. And then the Bible told you where that place is located, in the Far East. So that means he's really not a Jewish person. Well, forget all the history. This is what you need to know about him that, that will bless you and me. Number one, he's a good man. I can stop there and preach. Are you a good man? Are you a good woman? Can God look at your life and say, that guy is a good, it's a good brother, or that sister is a good woman? Think about it. To me, that's a challenge for all of us. I don't know how long I'm going to live on this planet Earth. But oh, it will be pleasing to my soul. That at my, at my, my barrier, somebody 
many people will be able to say, I know that man. He's a good man. Be careful that the opposite is not said about you. Because just like we have good men, good women, we also have bad men, bad women. You know, one of the problems in our society today, some people are just bad. Just, just, just nasty bad. <laughs> I just want to challenge you up front. Do your best to be a good man. Do your best to be a good woman. Do your best to be a good father. Do your best to be a good mother. Do your very best to be a good husband. Do your best to be a good wife. I can stop there and preach all day for God to look at somebody here on earth and say, have you considered Maurice? The Negro is good. That's serious compliment, yo. I mean, I would, I would love for God to be able to say that about me. I am, I'm, I'm working in my behind up every day to leave a legacy of being good. I hope you will do the same thing. You know something else that God said about him? God said he's righteous. He shun evil. Whenever I had opportunity to do wrong, he walked away. Whoa. Let that soak in. Wouldn't it be nice that on your live resume, heaven can look at you and say, look, this person is good. This person is righteous. This person shunned evil. You know something else God said about him? The brother is loaded. He's rich. I wish I have time just to preach sometimes. I know this is more of a teaching thing. I can tell you, if you are a good person, if you shun evil, if you do your best to live righteous, chances are you're going to be rich. In spirit, you'll be rich. In the natural, you'll be rich. So I am not surprised at all that Job is loaded. You look at people who are truly blessed. My friend, I can tell you, they're very humble people. If you've never noticed that, pay attention from now on. When you look at people who are truly blessed, they're not really flashy. Because deep in their soul, they know God blessed them. Job had it going on until the devil showed up at the meeting in heaven and began to question God's viewpoint on Job. The Bible gave you a picture of how blessed Job really is. The Bible says he had thousands not few, thousands of sheep, thousands of camels, thousands 
of she-goats. Thousands. The Bible talks about it has servants. Then it has children, many children. He has ten of them. I mean, the brother is loaded. In fact, the Bible said he is the greatest. He is the richest in all of the East. For those of you who really shone at the idea of being blessed, I hope you can be delivered today. God wants to bless you. I'm amazed why a lot of people go around preaching or talking against prosperity. I guess you've never really been poor. See, I came from, <laughs> in my neck of the wood, it was rough growing up. And just to be delivered out of poverty, that makes me shout every day. Please, don't think God is a mean God. Don't think serving God means you have to be living raggedy clothes and unable to pay your bills and struggling from month to month. That's never the will of God. Look at Job. He got plenty. The Negro was loaded with riches. And yet, God didn't say, oh, what a sorry case. God bragged about. So, don't run away from prosperity. Don't think being rich is evil. There's nothing wrong with money. It's the love of money that makes it wrong. God is not intimidated for you to have plenty of things, plenty of money, plenty of houses, plenty of land, as long as you don't allow those things to have you. Hope you got it. Now, look at Satan's theory about Job. Here we find God bragging about him, talking about how good that brother is, and Satan said, no, the reason why he's good, the reason why he's righteous, the reason why he goes to church every Sunday, the reason why he's doing the right thing is because he's rich. He got all these whistles and bear, all these goodies. Let me ask you a personal question. Are you serving God only because he's been good to you? Will you serve God if you don't have anything? Jesus came to this planet Earth and was ministering. Will you believe some people follow him only for the food? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you their name? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are some people who are serving God today only as long as God do for them. It's sad to say, the moment things are not going their way, they stop coming to church, they stop reading their Bible, they stop to pray, and then they turn against God. I hope that you will not be like that. Believe me, if you're going to serve God, you're better off to serve God not because of the whistles and bells, not because of houses and land, but because he's a good God, because he woke you up this morning, 
because he started you on your way, because he made a way for you, because he saved your soul. I'll be honest with you. I finally get it. If God has never did anything else for me, he's done more than enough. Just to be able to call him my father, just to be able to talk with him this morning, just to be able to look up to him and let him guide me and lead me in all what I do, that is more than enough. We don't serve God because of silver and gold. Are you still here? Satan thought that's the problem with many Christians. And you know why Satan could say that? Because he has been to many churches and saw that many people are phony. That's why he said that. Guess what God said? God said, okay, if you think if you remove all those things from Job, he will curse God, he will stop going to church, he will stop serving God. He said, go ahead. He said, you can do that. And then we find Satan left the presence of God to go come up with a scheme, a game plan, to prove to God that Job was only serving God because of goodies. You know, let me say this before I move forward. Job passed the test. But I wonder if the devil showed up and stripped you of everything you got. And all of a sudden, you don't, you don't have no house no more. You're homeless. All of a sudden, you don't have a husband no more. Or you don't have a wife no more. Or you don't have a job no more or you lose your health, or you lose everything you got. Like Satan said, are you going to turn against God, or, or will you continue to serve God? Are you going to be in a place where you can say hallelujah anyhow? Think about it. Let that soak in. Satan begins to mess with Job. Another question in everybody's mind, why will God allow that? Well, the one lesson you can pick up today is that God do allow things to happen in the life of believers. It's not a question why he does it, because of his sovereignty, because he made everything, he created all, he is in charge, he can do anything he wants to. In my house, I raised five children, you know. When they were little bambinos, they don't ask me, oh, why, why, why are you wearing that jacket today? Who are you? I just, little kid, you better shut up and <laughs> get with the program. Or oh, they don't ask me, okay, why, why are we eating uh, coca oats today? Why not going to the restaurant? No, when you have suffering power, uh, you, just, you just have that, that authority. God made everything. He's all-knowing, all-powerful. He, he's suffering. You don't question God. 
Instead, what you need to pick up is the reality that sometimes, like we see in the life of Job, God may allow things to happen in your life. Could it be whatever you're going through right now is part of God's sovereignty to allow you to go through it? Stop blaming God. Stop questioning God. Stop second-guessing God. Learn to do like Job. Guess what Job began to do in the midst of all his attacks? He started to worship God. Wow. Man, that is, if you really get what I just revealed to you, your life will never be the same again. Satan messed with this man so bad. The Bible says he was minding his own business, didn't do anything wrong. Somebody just showed up one day and said, Hey, sir, all your sheep dead. Say, what? Yep. Another servant showed up and said, Sir, all your donkeys gone. They're all destroyed. And one bad news after the other. People are just showing up from different angles and say, oh, your investment here is all messed up. Your retirement is all messed up. Uh, your, your business is all messed up. I mean, he lost everything. Even another person came and said, your children were having a party somewhere, and a whirlwind came and destroyed all of them. All your children, they're dead. What are you going to do when your back is against the wall and the whirlwind of this life is raging? What are you going to do when the storms are raging and the winds are blowing? What are you going to do when your friends turn against you? What are you going to do when people that you trusted becomes your enemy. What are you going to do when you run out of money? What are you going to do, brother pastor, when the very church you infested your life on say they don't want you anymore? My sister, yes, you say I do at your wedding. What are you going to do when that very man that you say you do to don't seem to do. The book of Job is so real and it's so practical. That's why I'm putting a lot of emphasis on this. Let's learn from what Job did. The Bible says he's like a human being just like you and me. The first thing he did, he tore his clothes. I let you know he's human. He was devastated. The next thing he did, the Bible says, he shaved his hair clean. Hmm. That's serious. It won't matter if you're already bald-headed. You know, there's nothing to shave. <laughs> you see, I got to enjoy myself doing this. But this is serious matter. He was devastated. 
And in the midst of his devastation, the Bible says he fell on his knees and began to worship God. When was the last time you worshiped God even in the midst of your trouble? Wouldn't it be amazing that people can come to funeral and instead of people sobbing and crying and, and feeling sad and grieving and it becomes a revival? You know what Job concluded that you might want to consider? Job reasoned that everything he got God gave it to him. And then he reasoned that if God take it away, it's okay. That's why he said, the Lord give it. The Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, when my friends are few, when it looks like my back is against the wall. When it looks like I can't even pay my bills. When it looks like my health is failing me. When it looks like I run into problems on my job. When I'm being criticized. When I'm, I am being talked about. When the player haters of this world begin to 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 draw clothes on me and talk about me and put me down. What am I going to do? The Lord give it. And the Lord take it away. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. That was his reaction. You would think that should take care of it. No. Satan went back to God. This time, he was shocked at, at Job's reaction. Now he said, let me get to him. You allow me to take away things that he got. But let me mess with him also. If I mess with him personally, then for sure, I know for sure this time he's going to curse God. He's going to give up on God. He's going to stop going to church. He's going to stop praying. He's going to stop worshiping. Again, you won't believe it. But God said, sure, go ahead. Again, God allowed things to happen to Job. But God put a condition on, on Satan, see, Whatever you do, do not kill him. You cannot touch his soul. There's a lesson there for you and me. Sometimes I wish I just get some time just to just to just to just to shout on some of these things. For those of you who are going through some hard time right now, listen to me and hear me good. I come to tell you by permission of the Holy Spirit, what you are going through will not be able to kill you. 
This is not the ending for you. This too shall pass. Like David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're just going to walk through this. You're not going to die in that valley. God made it very clear to Satan, you must not kill him. You can hurt him, you can do all you want, but you can't kill him. And maybe you right now you've been hurt. Maybe you right now you're going through. Maybe right now you're dealing with issues that even your best friend cannot understand or comprehend. Even people in your household, maybe your own spouse don't even get it. But I want you to know, whatever it is, God will not allow that mess to take your life. The Bible says Satan came and put sicknesses and disease in the body of Job. He had boils. His boils were so bad that the Bible described it, I don't even like to talk about it. It takes broken parts to scratch his skin because that's a all of his skin was itching all over, just sores all over. You know you're really in bad shape. When you have to get stones and broken parts to be scratching, just to, you can just see his whole skin bleeding all over. It got so bad that his own wife came to me and said, look, this is not a good picture. Why are you still trying to serve God that will not look out for you when you're sick. Why don't you just curse God and die? My friend, listen to me. Be careful the advice and the opinion of people that you listen to when you're going through difficult times. The people that you call your best friend, Yes, they may, they may not mean any, anything bad, but they have not enough understanding to comprehend what you're going through. Listen to God, not to man. Just because somebody is your wife, just because somebody is your husband, just because somebody is your best of friend, just because somebody is your preacher, just because somebody is an elder in your church, that don't mean they understand what you're going through. Listen to the Holy Spirit concerning your situation. Don't get me wrong. God may use people to talk to you. But many times, a lot of people, because they've never been in your shoes, many times they missed it. Job's wife, missed it completely. Notice that Job did not listen to his wife because he recognized that he, how our advice is not of God. Then Job had some friends. I wish I have time to go through each of them. But the bottom line, in case you don't know, they... My technical crew are telling me I've got five more minutes to talk to you. 
But the bottom line is that every one of those friends, one after the other, they were coming before Job and telling Job, this doesn't make sense what you're going through. You must have done something wrong. What sin did you commit? They were trying to speculate as to what Job may have done to cause all this devastation. People just don't lose their house and lose their business and lose their profit and lose their health and get boils all over their body. There must be something. You must be cursed. Well, my friend, the message is simple. When you see somebody going through a hard time, please don't think they've committed some sin because you don't know. Remember I told you in the beginning about general principle that if you're obedient, you get blessed. If you're disobedient, you get punished. This book is an exception to that rule. Just because you're going through punishment in life, just because you're going through some trial and some difficulty does not mean that you have sinned against God. Those friends of Job, they were wrong. Now, I've got to tell you this before I let you go. Is that all right? I want to keep it 100. Job may have appeared to be a very holy person and very righteous person, but in the book of Job, he lost it. At some point, he began to second-guess God. He began to question God. That's the danger of listening to all the talking head in your life. That's the same thing that killed my grandma. That's, just, that's what happens to my ex-husband. Well, if I were you, I wouldn't put up with that kind of mess in my marriage. They were whispering all kinds of crazy ideas. At some point, it got to Job. Job began to question God. The same guy that was worshiping before. There's also the human side of everybody. It could be that you just get to a point that you, you begin, you can't, you can't take it no more. And naturally, you begin to break down. Everybody, my friend, has a breaking point. You're trying to hold on, you're trying to hang in there. Maybe you're in that point right now. You're trying to do your best to pull, to, to, to hang on to your family and hang on to your, your children and hang on to, to your job or whatever it is. But at some point, humanly, you just, you just had enough. You can't take it anymore. Some people even resort to uh, very bad measures. Some people even begin to think of suicide. My advice to you, my friend, don't give up on God. Are you listening to me? He may not come when you want him, but it's always going to be right on time. I'm a witness. There are many times that I just thought I'm not going to make it. But in a flash, God show up and show up. Job began to question God. See, wow. I know I didn't do anything wrong. I know I was serving you. Why am I in this situation? Why will you, a good God, 
allow a righteous person to go through this. He say he even demand from God an answer. Another lesson you can learn from this book is that, believe it or not, God show up to answer Job. There's a lesson there. You know how he say, when you call up on me, I will answer? He means just that. When you ask God for something, eventually he's going to show up and give you an answer. God show up. Guess what he told Job? He said, you want to know why? Let me ask you this. He took him on a tour of the universe. He began to show him various parts of the, of the cosmos, various planets, hundreds of millions of planets, billions of planets, really. We are just in, on one planet called Earth, but there are millions of other planets. Some we have not even discovered. Scientists will tell you that. God took Job. See, take a look at this. Look at that. See what's going on here. Then God said, Hey, dude, where were you when I created all this? And if I give you the keys to this car of the uniform, can you drive it? What do you know? You are tiny little things in one small planet. In the big picture, what's going on? How dare you asking me about why something is going on in your life? You remember I told you about the sovereignty of God? That's exactly what God is saying to Job. You're looking at your little tiny situation in a little tiny planet. When I have the whole world, the sun, the moon, the stars, some of the stars you look at at night that you see in, in, the, in the sky, some of those stars are bigger than the planet Earth that you live in. Science have confirmed that. When he gave Job the big picture, guess what the Bible said concerning Job? Job did two things. And I pray that you would do the same thing. Number one, Job repented. He said, oh my goodness. I see what is going on with me. It's a tiny little piece in a very big picture. I go through that even as a pastor. I've seen people sometimes will question a pastor. Why do you do it? Why don't you do that? They're just looking at their own little tiny piece of the puzzle. But a true pastor is looking at the whole big picture. And sometimes what the pastor is doing may not make sense to you. 
but you have to put yourself in his shoe. Somebody asked me the other day, why would you pay that woman's rent? He's, she's not even a member of our church. She didn't contribute nothing to our church. And sometimes I just smile. I want to tell her so bad that it's a good thing to help those who are in need. What part of that she don't understand? It's just like in the game of football, we have we have different coaches. We have a coach for the quarterback. We have a coach for for the offense, offensive coach. We have a coach for the defense. We have a coach for this special team. And if you watch a football game, each of those coaches, they're doing their own thing by the sideline. And sometimes they go to the head coach and complain. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and they're they're questioning the head coach. But you see, if you're an offensive coach, you worry about the offense, but the head coach has to worry about the whole doggone team. He has to look beyond just your little bitty piece of the puzzle. Think of God as the head coach. He's got a whole universe to manage. And believe me when I tell you, it may look like he don't see what you're going through. It may look like he don't seem to care about what you're dealing with. It may look like all these issues in your life, you pray about it, you fast about it, you, you sing, you return your tithes to God, you do your best to live right, and you, it looks like you're not getting a result. Believe me when I tell you, God knows what he's doing. In the big picture, it may look like you're going through suffering, but it may be something that God wants to bring his glory out of. For the sake of time, I got to learn, I got to bring this to a close. Because Job finally get it. And he repented and he worshiped God and stopped questioning God. Guess what happened? You got your, your dancing shoes on? <laughs> oh, you got your shouting clothes on? The Bible says God returned everything that Job lost. He regained it back. Not only that, God, the Bible says God returned back to Job twice as much as he had before. You ever heard the term double for your trouble? That's exactly what happens to Job. Now I have to, to, to be cautious. I don't want to come across too arrogant or too boastful. But let me just say this politely. I am walking in that anointing. I've seen myself being humbled, being humiliated and criticized and actually put down and punished for things that I've not done. 
but because I learned not to complain. Because I learned to hold my peace and let God fight my battle. Because I learned not to question God and, and trust his sovereignty and trust that he knows what he's doing. I couldn't understand why. In fact, in my case, I thought I'm trying to, to make the world better. Why would somebody cut my truth in the midst of that? But I learned this lesson from the book of Job. If you learn to just zip your mouth and don't lose your cool, don't snap. If you allow God to fight your battle, believe me when it's all over, he will give you double for your trouble. <laughs> Some of you are members of my church. Now you understand for many years how I kept singing the same song. I have a young lady, Sister Sally. I'll make her sing the same song. I call it my song. The words of that song say, there is no pain that Jesus cannot heal. There is no sorrow that Jesus cannot attend to. All things work together for them that love the Lord. For them that are called according to his purpose. That songwriter say, this battle is not yours, it's the Lord. Hold your peace. Don't try to lose your cool. Don't try to whine and mum about it. Don't try to complain. L trust God. That's the word. That's the word for you, my friend. I don't know who I'm speaking to this evening. Trust God. Right in the situation you are in now, trust God. You may not even understand it. The people around you may not understand it. People may even suggest that you may have done wrong thing. That's why your marriage is not working. That's why your children are not, uh, are, not uh, are sick. Or that's why you're going through whatever. That's why you can't hold a job. Trust God. They don't know your story. Don't worry about he say, she say, they say. Trust God. They might be pastors. Listen to me. They might be watching your ministry and say, oh, his child ain't growing. Look at him. He must have done something wrong. Oh, he ain't right. Don't worry about it. He say, she say. Trust God. If you would just hang in there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a preaching time, but <laughs> I feel the 